0: And the first thing you do is look at what happened in the the past that didn't work. And so when they didn't work, what did it feel like in the moment? And you keep ruminating on that because what you'll start doing is the reason why it didn't work is because you ignored that your intuition and there were a bunch of negative signals telling you that something didn't work. So what did it feel like? What, What was your body telling you or what was, you know, what was God telling you or however you couch these signals in based on how you think it works? Um, Then once you've got those negative signals, you put yourself in what I call an intuitive medium, which is where you go to think about, you know, cut out the noise and you think clearly about what steps you need to take.
1: I've learned so much over this first year of podcasting, and I wanted to share with you guys the 10 most life-changing lessons that I've learned this year. So I created a document and it's on my website. What you're going to do, you're going to go there. It's going to be 10 life-changing lessons. Click on that button. It'll ask for your email address so I can email it to you. Sign up for it because these life lessons radically changed the way I viewed my life and the way I started living. It helped me to get better in the areas that I've so desperately wanted to see progress and growth in. And because I know they helped me, I really believe that they will help you. And I wanted this to be a gift for you guys. So I really hope you enjoy this gift. And go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com to get it. It's free. And I hope you guys enjoy and learn as much as I did from it. We have a really awesome show today. It's about learning how to make decisions and using your intuition and not second guess yourself. Intuition is one of the key elements that help us make a good decision. So we're actually going to be talking about why we make the decisions we do and sometimes why we don't listen to our intuition. And today we have a guest by the name of Sunil Godsey. Sunil really learned this valuable lesson through three major life circumstances. One, when he found himself working in a job he did not love when he took on a client that financially ruined him, and then when he lost a close friend in his life. And after these three instances, he decided to study how to make better decisions. So Sunil, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me, uh, and happy to educate your, uh, your listeners on the importance of this intangible subconscious thing called intuition that leads to amazing intangible results when you trust it and some of the devastating things that happen when you ignore it.
1: Absolutely. So let's just jump right in with your story.
0: Start
1: Mm. off with, you know, you found yourself in a job that you didn't love
0: absolutely yeah and so this was uh, yeah yeah i mean so if for those watching i'm, I'm a south asian male and so there's a, a specific there's four doors that you can kind of go into when it comes to a career as a south asian male it's going to be doctor lawyer engineer or failure it's one of those four and so i ended up picking up door number three um, which was engineering my dad was an engineer and so i drank sort of the societal or cultural kool-aid uh even though my intuition was saying that i was i everything i did all these breadcrumbs of things i've done in the past led to entrepreneurship. And even at five years old, I remember there was these uh, set of video games that that I wanted to buy. uh, I wanted my dad to buy. And my dad said it was too expensive. And I distinctly remember this voice coming and saying, Sunil, you need to go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I raised $200. $100 went to my dad. uh, And the other $100 went to charity, um, too, because it just felt really right for me and felt good, good. And so, all these things to selling suits at tip top and and doing stuff in marketing and bake sales and stuff like that. It just it really pointed to this entrepreneurial drive in me. And so two years in that three year stint, like I just I really didn't enjoy the the, the career. I got an opportunity to become a private investor with a, uh, a restaurant chain that we brought up from Mexico, and I was making soon five times more in dividends as a part-time investor than I was in engineering. And so it was just very clear that engineering wasn't for me. I uh, quit in year three. I sacrificed my relationship with my dad, which was necessary to do. Um, And I ended up becoming an engineer, then became a management consultant after four or five uh, ventures, $20 million in revenues, um, and then started helping other companies uh, really kind of succeed. I got a contract where the contract terms were changing and I really, my intuition was saying, back off. And I didn't. I was so emotionally tied to this great contract with a lot of money down in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I spent every single penny going down there. And the, the company didn't pay me. And so I came back up to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. Um, and, the, and the last one, and you, you kind of mentioned, I had a friend out reach out to me. To, she was being stalked at the time. And I was doing some coaching and engineering. And so she said, Sunil, I really need to get your advice. And I really need to talk to you. Uh, and my intuition was at that time, at that time, it was kind of the something that was telling me meet with her that afternoon. And I just said, uh, you know, let's meet a couple of days later, but I wasn't busy. And then very next day, that same fellow actually followed her to a bus shelter and shot and killed her, she, uh, you know, pull a bullet uh, through her head. Um, and I could have prevented that, you know, had I given her the right advice. And so it was really important for me to dig deep to figure out, okay, why, what were these some things? Why, what was this thing called intuition? Uh, and the, the the premise of intuition really kind of came from uh, like formalizing it is what after I wrote my first book, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, there were this was and the premise of that book is if you learn from the uh, failures of others in business, then as long as you don't repeat those lessons, then you should be able to succeed. And um, one of the things that I kept getting asked on when I was speaking on stages around the world about that book was, Sunil, so, you know, tell me the one thing as an entrepreneur that I can do to make me succeed. And so I was kind of rolled by, and said, well, you know, that's why I talked to close to 300 people and 75 stories in the book. Yet when I went back to the audio recordings, many of them used some form, 80 to 90% of them of intuition. I ignored my intuition. I should have trusted my gut. I knew what the right decision was. And that really crystallized and formalized this this, this formal thing called intuition And then when I reflected on all the experiences I just told you, it just solidified, yeah, you know, when I trust intuition, you know, good things happen. When I ignore my intuition, I mean, there's so much time wasted. Mm. So I really need to find out, okay, how do I conceptualize intuition? And I saw it as an art and a science. Um, Coming from the engineering uh, background, and if I'm going to write a book about it, um, I got to find some science behind this because at the time it was very spiritual in nature, manifestation, coming from the cosmos. And that's fine. If people think that that's where intuition comes from, that's that's absolutely fine. I mean, I have my own definition. And so I took a look at the research uh, and lo and behold, there's and there's tens of thousands of articles, MRIs, brain scans. There was research that's showing that infants as young as two months old had intuitive capabilities. Uh, intuition at that time, the research was showing seven to 10 seconds It happens 7 to 10 seconds, even before you actually make a decision or take an action. Research that I'm told by a colleague coming out now, because the research methodology has gotten better, it's as early as 23 seconds before you actually take a decision or make an action. So the science was clear that it existed. Uh, The art part is these, these, these signals that I keep talking about. And so what I found out is that, okay, that resonates with me. So let's go talk to a whole bunch of other people to see, okay, what, what do they think about intuition? And I interviewed over a thousand people. And I, fa- I found that it came down to kind of three different groups. The first group are the ones that absolutely get it. And they, they operate on intuition. They know what their signals are. Uh, there was an, an, an internet, international psychic that I, uh, that I interviewed, who, and, and I've also interviewed a Buddhist monk uh, they completely live their lives on intuition. The second uh, group of people are the ones that kind of talk about intuition, things like mindset and things like that, but they don't actually walk the talk because trusting your intuition is really about being in the moment. It's really about listening to those signals and taking those decisions. And so, one of my colleagues I met, his name's Hal Eisenberg, and he and I, he was sort of in the mindset space, I was in the intuition space, so there's a really good crossover. And so, he actually saw me talk about intuition, and I started talking about the four types of intuition and intuitive signals that are both positive and negative, and it really crystallized for him how intuition behaved. He never really understood how it behaved until he heard me talk. Uh, And it became really, really important for him because he started getting some signals when his health started going down south, saying you should get to a hospital. And, and these signals kept getting louder and louder. And he ignored it, he says, ah, you know, it's just a cold, it's just a fever. He actually got COVID-19 and he ended up in a New York hospital. And he came to a life or death moment. He actually wanted to die. Uh, that was how bad it got. And he said, intuition and how you, how you talked about it, at the moment that it actually pulled me from wanting to die, to live, I fully realized what intuition was how it operated in the present moment, and how I thought, he said after I came out of that, when I make a decision based on intuition, it's clear the dots are connecting, I know where to go. And whereas before, I wasn't even doing that. I was just kind of, you know, I talked about it, but yeah, you know, I kind of strayed from it. So that was the sort of the second group of people the third group of people are the ones that don't believe in it at all. And so, if you remember me telling you about, you know, sort of that coming from a spiritual side and all that stuff, one of the, my very, very first interviewees with the Intuitionology Project was a, was a gentleman by the name of John Rothschild. Now, John Rothschild was, a, was a, an investment banker, data, decisions, and experience all mattered to him. So, when you're, when you're faced with the, uh, intuition, it comes from a f- spiritual perspective. He's like, uh, you know what, Sunil, we can get together. I don't know what we're going to talk about because I really don't get this thing called intuition. I don't believe in it. You know, I will talk for five minutes. I'll catch up for the rest of 55 minutes because I'm giving you an hour and, and, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. So I sat down and I turned on the cameras and we start talking about intuition. And it's very clear. He's saying in the interview, yeah, you know, I don't get these omens and I wish I could, I'll shake the hand that, of that person that was able to do that. And when you make business decisions, yeah, it just it's not based on that. Like it's based on data and experience. But what I did tell him is that, well, John, one of the four types of intuition is called experiential intuition. And so when you're born, you've got all these neurons firing that are taking all these experiences that are relevant to you and parking it in the subconscious area of the brain like a library. So whenever you make a decision, it's gonna pull from that library all the stuff that you've been through in the past, both good and bad, both formal and informal to help you make the decision in a split second. And so now he's kind of getting it. And then I said, well, you know, and in some cases it actually gets you to make a decision that goes wildly against the data. And so now he's saying, oh, well, I have an example like that. And so he was was opening franchise locations. When you open up a franchise location on a benchmark system, a nine out of 10 or higher, 10 out of 10 would get you a franchise location, anything below they wouldn't even touch it because it was a it would be a money loser. Him and his partner walked into this this location in Toronto. And there's the second part of the four is called situational intuition where you sense that something is either off in a situation or something is should happen. And situational intuition hit him at that moment saying there's something about this location, even though it's showing up as a five and a half out of ten. I sensed that we should put it there. And his whole team was saying, are you nuts? Like this is not even close to a nine out of 10. And he said, no, we just think that we should put one there. And they did. And that ended up being the beer market, which was the biggest restaurant chain, the most profitable under his whole portfolio. Now, John is starting to use the language of intuition. And he's kind of saying, I think it's intuition. Um, and then we start talking a little bit low, uh, later. And then he starts getting this, this decision that he wants to make, which is which is really, it's called creative intuition. That's the third type. And creative intuition gets you to make a decision in some cases is so obtuse that people think that you're crazy. And so he said, wow, Sunil, I have an example like that as well. And so this is a guy who was making three, $4 million a year as an investment banker, high-end restaurants, limousines, um, and private jets. And he wanted to quit all that to run a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. And so his creative intuition, and now he's saying, and now he's fully saying my intuition was telling me to do that. Everybody thought he was crazy. Uh, and, uh, and the only person he trusted was his wife. And he went to his wife. And this is now the fourth of the four called relational intuition. Relational intuition gets you to listen to those who are really there and know what you want. And that's going to move you forward in support and everybody else was looking to safety, to money, um, and it, but it wasn't right for him. They didn't know what he wanted, and so his, he went to his wife, and he, and he said, this just feels right, and now we talk about these intuitive signals that are coming in, and now John is fully talking about intuition. He's using intuition, his body language, the way he's excited talking about this. He now gets it, mm-hmm. and that decision that he made all based on intuition, he quit his three, $4 million a year job, walked into that restaurant. That tiny bankrupt little restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And that ended up being over 1,000 locations. Over 20 years, he grew that into a $2 billion behemoth before he retired, all because of an intuitive decision. And that's the power of intuition. And so that's how it works.
1: Do us a favor. I. You hit four areas of intuition. Would you list those in order again?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there's experiential intuition. And that, again, looks at the, pre, the, the background, the experience, learning, formal, informal that you've had right from birth. Uh, Then we have situational intuition, and that's when you get into a room or a situation, you know that something's off or you just need to do something. uh, And and In most cases, it's a warning sign. The third is relational intuition, and this is where you're looking at at, at the person in the picture, if there is, uh, and is that person trustworthy? Are the actions matching the words? Are the body twitches deceptive in nature? Um, And it's really establishing that trust. And research shows that you establish trust within 14 seconds. Um, And so um, within that 14 seconds, you'll know whether that person is being truthful or not, or the intention is the right intention. And it's always on. So, you know, in relationships, for example, people will have the greatest intentions at the start, but something changes in their values, or your values, and then at some point, your intuition has already given second chances and saying, okay, now this person's crossing your values to now you need to get out of the relationship. And the last one is the creative intuition. And that's the one which is the actual decision that you make. If it's a mundane sort or routine, what am I going to have for supper? Then your creative intuition is quite low. Um, but if it's higher up where you need to know, like John, he made a, a completely nutso decision. It was right for him, but for everybody else, they couldn't understand because they're looking at the safe route. Um, And that's when uh, creative intuition is sort of at its its height. And and they all work together in a split second to give you a decision. And they speak to you through things called intuitive signals. And these are the signals that are really important for you to know.
1: Before we go to intuitive signals, I think there was one more that you mentioned, spiritual intuition.
0: Uh, well, no, spiritual, spiritual is one that, that, I mean, people think think that it came, it comes from that. So gotcha. it all depends on where they, they think that they're getting the signals from. So some people get signals from their body. Some people think that they get signals from God uh, and it's, or spiritual. And it, I had a, a former NHL coach say it, like it came from the cosmos. Um, and that's fine because the intuition, it's, it's your intuition. You're born with it. It's your signals. It's your experiences. How you define it is really up to you. And from a scientific perspective, intuition hits the amygdala, which is the, the, the fight or flight area. There's no language around it. There's no words. So, and it's, it's a feeling, right? And so it, the difference between say fear uh, that a saber tooth tiger is gonna eat you is one thing, but, the, the, but if there's fear because you're afraid of failing or going in a new direction, uh, and fear is one of the four intuitive hurdles, that's different because even though it's new, a fear of change, there's a positive intuitive signal that's saying, yeah, but you can go here. There's some past experience that you've had that is telling me that you've done it before. You can make that difficult decision. If you think it's difficult, it's not really. You just take the step because I'm signaling to you that it's the right thing to do. And so when we have these things about you know gut feeling and voice and all that, of those things, we're really actually putting language around what we think it is. Um, and the other thing that you want to do with intuitive signals is that if you look back at, and all of your listeners can do that, or those watching can do this today, they can go back to the decisions that they made that were the right ones and the wrong ones. And what did it feel like in the moment? And that's when they get that inventory of positive signals and negative signals. And what happens yeah. is they have to continue to work at that because let's say your signal, you you and I share a signal like that voice that I had when I was five years old. So, for, for, for you, that could be the first signal. And if it is the first signal, fantastic. So that you know that that's, that you, that's the first signal that comes in. It's an invoice. voice, yeah. But let's say that that signal for me was signal number three. What that's telling me is for the decision I made, I actually missed two signals. And when I missed two signals, what that means is I made two bad decisions. So those two bad decisions could be simply like a stubbed toe. Or it could mean that I'm heading to bankruptcy. I don't know the veracity of what the decision is um, because I've missed those signals. And so So, it starts getting you on a slippery slope.
1: So how do we figure out what our own signals are for intuition and decision making? And then what Uh, order do they come in?
0: And this is where you need to really so take take a take a problem that you do. And I have this, I have people go through a seven-day challenge. Uh, and so if you if you go to my website, you get the free ebook, there's a free seven-day challenge that actually takes you through this step. And so in seven days, what you do is you have a problem that you've wrestled with. And the first thing you do is look at what happened in the in the past that didn't work. And so when they didn't work, what did it feel like in the moment? And you keep ruminating on that because what you'll start doing is the reason why it didn't work is because you ignored that your intuition, and there were a bunch of negative signals telling you that something didn't work. So what did it feel like? What what was your body telling you? Or what was, you know, what was God telling you? Or however you couch these signals in based on how you think it works. Um, Then once you've got those negative signals, you put yourself in what I call an intuitive medium, which is where you go to think about you know, you cut out the noise and you think clearly about what steps you need to take. So some people, uh, you know, jog, some people uh, in the shower and get some great thoughts when I'm driving long distances. So these are things that you do to really kind of cut out the noise, take a walk, even at nighttime, get up in the middle of the night. And so this is where you can think clearly and say, okay, what should I do? And if I'm thinking about what I should do, then what's what, I, what do I feel in that? Typically a positive signal is like the dots connecting, it feels right, it's a flow, those are typical. Negative signals have been sort of the anxious, gut feeling, and even the left earlobe getting hot. I've heard that from one of the entrepreneurs. So this is where you'll take a look. And if you're making a decision that's not right, even though you think it's the path, guess what? You've already done your work homework on negative signals. So you're gonna know that a negative signal is gonna come up, says, uh-oh, oh, okay, so that's not a path I should take to solve this problem because I've already done my homework on the negative signals. So now you've got a path to what you should do. Now there's a couple of things you have to change. One is gonna be changing the people around you. So who's gonna give you advice to solve that problem? Who do you have to surround yourself to solve that problem? And it could be, uh, it it, it may be your best friend or it could be a mentor. So for this specific problem, who are you gonna surround yourself with or who's gonna give you advice? What environment do you have to change in? If you have to, do you have to move? Do you have to get a piece of technology? So what environment do you have to be in to solve that problem, if anything? And then you take action. And again, those are all guided by your intuitive signals, both positive and negative. And so a lot of it is just stuff that you've already had in the past. You just have to really dig deep to figure out what those inventory of signals are. Hmm. I am,
1: I'm taking everything that you're saying and, kind of looking at a scenario in my life where Mm -hmm. I have you been ever been in a state of you're not fully awake but you're not fully asleep
0: Uh, I almost three times a night that happens
1: and three times a
0: week sorry three times a week pardon me
1: so in this moment I felt like I heard God's voice speak to me something Okay. And it was something that he wanted me to do at a specific time, at a specific location, doing a specific thing. I don't feel too comfortable yet sharing with the audience uh, because it's, it might happen. I don't know, but it's, it's a fair, if, if it were to happen, it'd be a big deal, at least to me. <laughs> and yeah. then what had occurred, like, I, I didn't know what to do with that. So I just, I, I called people and I shared with them and, And then some of them, like, hey, you know what? This might be God. Um, Call this person. So I called another person. And he's like, well, I don't know, you know. Uh, But then, you know, like two weeks later, he texted me and said, hey, show up to this event and be there. And it was like two hours before the event. I didn't know what to expect. I show up. And one of the first people I meet, was 100% the person that could help make this dream come to pass.
0: And
1: and it's on board with their mission and their vision. And I didn't know about them. They are from Florida. They came up here. And so then I've had other conversations with them. Well, now they want to host the, the exact same thing that I want to at the exact same date that I want to. Meanwhile, they forgot... I said, hey, I want to host this exact same thing at this exact same time. Um, and they forgot about the specifics of the dream. They know who I am. They knew that I have a heart and a vision for that type of ministry. Yep. Um, but then when I had to go remind them, like, no, you said you want to do this at this time. Here, read this again. And like, oh. and And the whole crux of it, it, it revolves around ministry. And what they want to do is basically give a whole – it's a traveling ministry package that they want to give to someone to go do full-time ministry. And I want to be the person that, that receives that. And so everything aligns to like, Hey, I'm, I'm everything is saying I'm that guy. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Uh, There's other things that also come into effect, like getting a location to hold this event Um, and it'll be an outdoor event. And so it's just, so with the vague story that I shared with you, yeah. How, how how could you help me go through the intuition process of of trying to because I'm I'm new to like because before everything to me on intuition was spiritual. Um, right. Even right down to hey take take your extra pair of keys with you. Well, why would I take my extra pair of keys? Oh, well, I ended up locking one of them in the car. You know, yep. I like, mean, just stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So so you're so this is. If for all the listeners listening or all those watching, you've just demonstrated yourself a case study of how intuition works. Uh, and every single person listening can have can have a similar story to what you just recounted. Uh, that's exactly how intuition works. Um, <clears throat> the tactics of getting the location and the logistics of it that will come when you sit and think about, okay, what are the action steps that I need to do to make this vision happen? And so we're now also getting into the manifestation um, space that people talk about and how far people wanna take the power of intuition. Like if you were to recount that story to my friend, John Rothschild, who cares about data and understands intuition as just data and background and experience, and he defines it from that context and he now understands his feelings that help him to make really obtuse decisions and go against the data, and he listens to your story, he may not resonate with your story, but when I define it in his context, how he understands it, he absolutely gets intuition. When you look at your, the, the experience that you just gave me, that is 100% intuition uh, that comes from a and, spirit. And when you're open to it, and the main thing is acting on it, and you, act on it, you acted on it, uh, a lot of people will get these things and they'll dismiss it, or they won't be in tune with it. Right, because they don't understand these signals or those messages, and you've got a really good focus on that, and you've acted on it. Things start happening. The doors of opportunity start opening up. The dots start connecting, and when the dots start connecting, you start connecting more dots, like uh, the marketing, like the location, like how you're going to do it. And this is where you sit and think, is it going to work? The relationships thus form. That's intuition hard at work. So you've just demonstrated exactly how it's operated. And again, if you think it's spiritual, fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's not for me to agree with how you experience it, because that's none of my business. Uh, It's how you interpret it. And it could be spiritual in some senses. It could be non-spiritual in others. It all depends upon how you've experienced intuition before. And that's key. Mm -hmm. It's very individual. But yeah, I mean, that's a perfect case study. On, on how it works. And, and really, I mean, the guts and nuggets of, of the story doesn't really matter. Um, it's just that now you can see, wow, how did these things align? Um, and how many people are just going to scratch their heads and say, yeah, you know, this has happened in my life before. But yeah, well, you're, you're a perfect case study.
1: It's interesting because, you know, when I look at my experiences, you know, I'm, I'm very hesitant and I'm almost fearful of the current possibility because I've so desired to do ministry that um, a lot of it has failed miserably and been hurt painful, painfully, you know, so I'm, you know, it's like, I'm really feeling like there's something here, probably more so than I've ever felt before, but yet I'm way more cautious than I've probably also ever been, but yet I'm also operating in, faith if that makes sense
0: absolutely and so so in in the and so what i would tell you is that if you're intuitively led to do ministry it sounds like this is just getting stronger and stronger in the times that there's been cautious uh why was it why was it cautious? why did it hurt who did you listen to uh what direction did you take it and 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 what did it feel at the time did it feel like yeah that kind of makes sense or maybe there's people working on sense of logic but you can't necessarily work on a sense of logic because they say, uh, you know, that's how it does, or it's traditionally done that way. Um, You've got a way of doing it differently. I mean, if you look at the the dots connecting with this voice, you know, you're not asking anybody. So this is really looking back and saying, okay, how did I do it before? why didn't it work? And really think about the decisions that you made and then the feelings that were there as to why it didn't work was it not the right time for me? Was it not the right person that I was talking to? Maybe I wasn't listening and I, and I felt do it going into a traditional path that everybody else does, but that's not the one I needed to do. Uh, and, what, uh, and when I did, you know, look what happened. And so this is where you really clear the board and you don't really worry about what other people have to say or think because, it, I mean, if the dots are connecting so strongly, that's where it goes and who cares about what other people think because this is your vision you you can tell the passion what you want to do absolutely and this is a passion now with a purpose there's a huge difference between being passionate and then having a purpose on it and the purpose is much grander than what people think that when you match those two then you can move forward then you really yeah in your in the present moment you take one step and the next step and the next step you don't worry about what other people think just like i was telling you about hal eisenberg uh, you know, he, he, he was, wasn't walking the talk. And a very, good, a very good case study of this is it was a friend of mine who uh, has um, uh, a cerebral palsy, and he, he went on vacation. His dream was to dip his toe. He's always been in a wheelchair. Just feel the ocean and, and the sand in his toes. So his friends take him up to the beach. He dips his toes in, in the water, and he falls flat into the water. And he says, I have two th- choices to make, Sunil. The first choice is to just get up, face, you know, that uh, embarrassment, the fear, um, and looking around, I could got back up in my wheelchair and sat back in and forever regretted that I was never able to soak the sands in between my toes or feel the ocean. Or I can get up and take the next step, and I can take the next step, and I can take the next step. And he, that's what he did. And he continued to go in the water until, and he's pointing to the water, get to his, dig up to his chin, and then he looked back and he said, I hadn't realized how far I had come. Too many of us are trying to look at where we should be going. What's the goal? I want to have that big house. I want to do this. I want to be famous. All these extrinsic motivations. That's okay if that's a symbol of your, of your success. If, you, if your intention is that that's what it truly means, that's a different story. But we, especially with social media, we hang our head on external stuff where we should just be, simply be taking one step and another step and another step. And then you look back and then you realize your goals, your dreams, your aspirations driven by intuition and you'll start knowing how farther you've become. And then you become an inspiration for others around you. Um, and, and I mean, what a way to live a life.
1: Right. As, so as you can tell, I mean, I, I am a Christian. I, I believe in Jesus and there's this concept with New Ageism uh, that you can speak things into existence in the cosmos, and the cosmos will make it happen. Uh, while I don't necessarily adhere to to that ideology, you know there are key scriptures. In the Bible, it says, "For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks." As a man thinketh, so is he. And there's evidence within Scripture that it is very important to be careful of what you speak. So, for example, "For life and death are in the power of the tongue." Therefore, choose life. There's scriptures that far preceded spiritualism or New Ageism that talks about uh, guarding what you say and what you think. You know, um, renew your mind daily. I I butchered that scripture, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind uh, so that you won't be led astray, basically. And so with these scriptures, it, it really talks about what we think, what we speak is vitally important. So how do we take intuition and the way we think and speak and combine them to work in harmony,
0: so it really comes down to intention. So speaking for the sake of speaking is just noise. When you are speaking with intention, and that's what you really mean. And so people who do meditation or go to church, or uh, you know, people who even recite scriptures, the intention is not necessarily there. I mean, even I mean, I'm a Hindu, right? And I see so many people, you know, praying and doing stuff, but I know kind of how they behave even after saying something yeah right and so the intention has to be really pure uh, and if if and so when you speak and you speak with intention that means that you are that's you're going to act that way you're going to behave like that you're going to treat people that but you're going to take those steps and that's where you really have to get in the present moment so when you're when people are meditating or becoming spiritual they really have to believe that that's what's going to happen and otherwise it's just noise and the intuition is also a two-way street so as much as you think you can put out some stuff and talk the talk other people's intuition is looking at you and your intention and saying "Mm, yeah the match the words don't match the i don't believe him uh great and 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 so that's what their intuition is picking up on that intention um and so that's where you have to be really careful yes absolutely i believe what your scriptures are saying It's just that the intention has to be very, very pure. And then that's when you start taking the steps because the intentionality is there. And then the outcomes start coming, right? So when you take care of the inputs, the outputs take care of themselves. It's something I talk about all the time.
1: Well, I really appreciate you coming on today's show. Um, I like to end each show with the same three questions. So right now, in the terms of self-talk what is the biggest lie that you've been telling
0: yourself? The biggest lie is that I'm going to change the world. Um, and when what, what I used to do that uh, or, or think about that, it was very externally focused. The way that I, s- I self-talk now is, yes, I can change the world, but I'm going to do it one person at a time. And I'll let the ripple effect and the butterfly effect change the world for me as I keep moving on with my message about trusting intuition.
1: What is the best decision you've ever made?
0: The best decision I've ever made is to educate my two girls on intuition early on. No, I, kids, I never had it and they've had it. Both of them have been able to move away from bullying incidences even before the behaviors Overtook them. They saw the behaviors early. If you look at the uh, art behind me, my my 14 year old daughter, uh, and at 12, opened up an official federal nonprofit agency to uh, to paint so that she can help raise money for disabilities and illnesses and get them to express themselves through art, um, all on in intuition.
1: Hmm. That's awesome. Last question: What brings
0: you peace? Trusting my intuition. Uh, It's very simple. Listening to those signals, knowing what my path is, is very peaceful because there's no negativity. There's no irrationality. There's no negative signal that's bothering me. It feels like the dots are connecting. It feels peaceful. It feels like the doors just keep opening and opening.
1: Thank you so much for coming on today's show, Sunil. Uh, Where can people get a hold of you if they want to connect more or hear more about you, your books, your material, your website?
0: absolutely so yeah they go to intuitionology.com i've got a free ebook that takes them to the seven day challenge both are free and they can solve a problem by themselves using their own intuition uh their intuitive capabilities um on all this, uh, the channels uh on social media instagram uh facebook um twitter linkedin I'm, i'll soon to be on TikTok without dancing I'm not gonna do any dancing um and i've got the intuitionology podcast series and they're on you can also saw, see that at intuitional forward slash intuitionology.com forward slash podcast or any of the apps, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts. Lots of ways to connect with me. DM me, send me an email at sunil.sunilgudse.com. At Happy to answer any questions. And that, just
1: so for people's reference, your last name, or that's S-U-N-I-L-G-O-D-S-E.
0: That is correct, yes. Okay, Absolutely. perfect.
1: All righty, sir. Well, thank you so much and have an amazing day.
0: Thank you very much.
1: When I started this podcast, it was important for me to lead by example, that I wouldn't hide behind a fake mask acting like I've arrived and speaking from the mountaintop. My whole purpose was to be vulnerable about where I was, my failures, my struggles, and my successes, so that I could be a bridge, that I could be a gap in this process of showing people how to change in the areas of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun because that's exactly where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I had a coach years ago and he was the first coach I've ever had and he did it for a very affordable rate because I couldn't afford anything more than what he offered me. But he told me this, Evan, someday you're going to get in a spot where you're going to be able to give back to others and I want you to remember what I'm doing for you here and now that it's made affordable so that you can actually go through it. He goes, I believe in you and I trust that you'll do this. And so because of that, it resonated within me that at a certain point, when I felt I've had enough hard knocks that I had something to offer other people, I would start a coaching program. And this is that. I am now starting a coaching program and I'm gonna make it affordable because by the graces of someone else that helped me out When I was first starting my journey, I wanted to do the same for other people. So I'm going to offer a free 15-minute coaching phone call to anyone that wants it. You can go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com, and sign up for that free coaching phone call. And if you're looking to have a longer extended coaching relationship outside of that first 15-minute phone call, I have the prices right up front. I'm open about it. And I'd be more than happy to see if we'd work well with one another and can help you reach and achieve the goals that you have in life. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the show.